I've been waiting 23 years to say that. I wonder what's inside your wonder butthole. What's inside your I wonder butthole. what's inside your butthole. <laughs> that was my sound check. I've got a weird energy going on today. I've been super low energy most of the day. It's the makeup so from I'm yesterday. Like, pretty much, yeah. I think from our... Uh, I think I was just kind of wired all day yesterday that we were going to have that cool interview we had on two broke geeks and now i'm like yeah if you have a chance go check out two latest two broke geeks in which we hang out with rock stars it's awesome yeah it is pretty awesome but this is the different kind of rock stars i'm matt different kind of rock stars i'm justin i'm matt and so today we are going to talk about season two Episode 8, titled One Breath, which is, um, well, we'll talk about where that name comes from a little later on, but it is the return of Scully from wherever she has been. Um, It originally aired November 11th, 1994. It was directed by R.W. Goodwin and written by Glenn Morgan and James (laughs) Wong. I did it right this time, finally. (laughs) Um, And it is also the first time we meet Melissa Scully, who is uh, Dana's sister. Uh, Mrs. Scully is back in this one. The lone gunmen are back in it. Pretty much everyone is in this one. So, um, and it is unique in that, um, really nothing super, super spooky wooky happened. I mean, there's a little bit of unusualness. It is the X-Files. There's a teeny bit of supernatural, but this is really just a, a really good human emotion character story, especially, uh, for oh God, Mulder yeah. since, uh, Dana. Yeah. Especially because, uh, Scully... Spoiler alert, although it's not a spoiler. You should have watched this episode by now. Scully spends pretty much the entire episode in a coma. No, she's so. in a boat. <laughs> well, yeah. she's in a boat, and we'll talk about that too, because that's um, pretty interesting. So, basically, the episode uh, it opens up with Scully's mom telling Mulder a story about when Scully was a kid. She was a tomboy. And uh, her father got her a BB gun for her birthday and her brothers had BB guns and they were out in the woods. And even though uh, Scully's dad said to her, you know, never shoot at anything but cans and told the boys never shoot at anything but cans. uh, The older brother found a snake and they started shooting at the snake and it... um, upset Scully very much after the snake had died because she realized that they had killed it and it you know she felt like you know what I I did I took away something 
life that wasn't mine to take away. And so, uh, you know, Mulder says, don't worry, Mrs. Scully, you'll see her again. And she and she basically says, no, you know, that day in the forest, you know, that day in the forest, I um, I felt for my daughter. But now I know how my daughter felt. And uh, a guy comes into the room and sets down Scully's got, gravestone. It's weird because in, I don't know. I've always found this baffling because I've never felt the urge as a kid to like harm an animal. I always find that so no, bizarre no. when they they add that little bit of like like especially with something like this where it's like oh. They got a BB gun? There's a snake. I think... I mean, yeah, mostly the willingness to harm animals as a child is indicative of being Yeah, which made me a little weird. I'm like, this is an odd turn for Scully and her brothers. But... I also do think, like, as a kid, maybe a lot of kids don't reckon... uh, Maybe like a lot of kids don't recognize or um, don't quite put together like creepy animals as being animals right away the same way, you know, you know what I mean? Like maybe there's a thing. Maybe there's a disconnect if it's like spiders or, you know, uh, snakes or something. I don't really know enough... Because it was a snake. It's not like in this episode they were like, oh, and they saw a chipmunk and started, like, trying to blow the chipmunk away. <laughs> By the way, there is a chipmunk living in my garage. I just realized that today. I have no idea just how I'm going to get it out. Nuts. And then, like, so like as a, as a sl- gonna have little to. trail outside where there's a box. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Okay, I'm going to try to E.T. it. <laughs> Um, so basically Mulder goes home and he's like, uh, pretty upset that he's not going to be able to see Scully again. And he's laying on his couch watching porn. Okay. I wanted to just, Um, I wanted to get a confirmation. Like that's porn he's watching like in the background, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Obviously you don't see it, but you hear the, uh, 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 yeah. Mulder has a porn thing. We've we've mentioned it before, but Mulder is well, a well with the porn dong fanatic. like his. I was not surprised. <laughs> no kidding, right? But uh, the phone rings and he answers it, and he he smiles or not smiles. That's at the end. Excuse me. He answers. I'm getting two. He answers the phone twice in this episode, and I got my phone scenes mixed up. Um, he answers the phone, and the next scene is him at the hospital and he's running you know running through the hospital and he scully's there she's there on she's on the the machines and everything and Mulder loses oh my his God. shit it's he's insane. like how did she get here how who brought her here was it paramedic what happened like did, did she just appear here and the doctor's like whoa whoa you gotta like calm down and he's like no no if you did something where i will hunt you down like it's just like oh my god he's like what are you hiding who brought her here and basically he has to get dragged out um 
But he calms down and he's talking with Dr. Daly, who's Scully's doctor, and uh, Mrs. Scully is there too, Margaret. And the doctor's like, look, uh, number one, I'm sorry, but we have no idea how she got here. Like, apparently she just showed up there and she nobody can, like, confirm how she got into the hospital. She showed up in the coma and he's like, we don't know what's wrong with her. We've run all these tests. Um, there is no indication of why she's in a coma, but I did just get this information from the FBI. It is the conditions of her living will. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Scully doesn't want to live on life support. And Mulder was the one who signed as a witness. So he knows that she doesn't want to live on life support. And uh, he's like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to figure this out and everything. And so... Um, Mulder goes back to Scully's bedside and meets Scully's older sister, Melissa, who is there with a crystal and like holding the her classic hands over trope her. of like, this is where we, a medical profession person has a sister or relative that is something along like a psychic mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Yeah, this is where we learn that Melissa is a little bit of a wackadoo. <laughs> she um, is into, like, the holistic medicine. And she's like, I can feel her. Well, at first she says, I've been told not to call you Fox. And Mulder says, told by who? And she's like, Dana. She she told me to call you Mulder. And he's like, did she talk? Should we should we get a nurse? And she's like, no, no. I just she told me she's here. And Mulder, for all the things Mulder believes in, this is apparently where yeah, because he, draws the he line. just went through a whole thing with <laughs> vampires. <laughs> um, but that actually comes up later in the episode, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But um, yeah, he's basically like, ugh. No, like, she's not here. But while he and Melissa are there talking by the bedside, we go inside of Scully's head, and it turns out she's in there. Like, Melissa's not wrong. Scully's in there, and Scully is on a boat, on a lake, and the boat is tied to the dock, but it's, like, way away from the dock, like, stretched out to the very end of the rope. And Melissa... And Mulder and a woman in a nurse's uniform are standing back there at the at the dock. And Scully's just sitting in the boat. Um, and that's we see that and everything. And some something else happens in the meantime. But basically what we the next salient point is that Frohickey shows up at the <laughs> it's hospital. The funniest thing. <laughs> he comes in in his tuxedo <laughs> with a bouquet of flowers and he asks to see Scully and Mulder is like, "Okay, come over here." And he the guy that plays Frohickey, um his name is uh Tom Braidwood. He's just an 
interesting looking fella. And then in the tuxedo, he's just so goofy looking. Oh, but um, Frohickey starts looking at Scully's chart and he's like, uh, Mulder, this is weird. And Mulder's like, what's weird? And then we cut to the inside of the lone gunman's office. And so it's Mulder and uh, John Fitzgerald Byers and uh, Richard Langley. And <laughs> I like the joke where uh, Byers says to Frohickey, he goes, good job sneaking these medical charts out of the office or out of the hospital. And Frohickey's like, yeah, I hit him down my pants. And Mulder was like, plenty of room in there. <laughs> That made me laugh. Um, so basically, Byers gets in touch via the internet uh, with a mysterious fourth lone gunman who actually never shows up again. He says, Byers actually says in the episode something about this is the, uh, I can't even remember what he said he just called a, it. I, I just remember him being a hacker. Has, uh yeah, he was like a hacker of some sort, and Byers says, you know, this is the newest lone gunman, but he never is mentioned ever again, so he's not that important. But basically they find out that there's like this weird DNA sequence in Scully's blood that says something about branched DNA. It's a lot of like, I call it uh, science babble or techno science babble jargon. when... Yeah, uh, when they're trying to say in science fiction stories, it's when they're trying to say a lot of it's based in real stuff. But the point is to make it sound super sciencey, so it sounds like it's actually real science. But basically, it's like this special type of DNA that could be used as a uh, a tracker of some kind, so they can always know where she is but it's inactive so whatever experiment they were doing is over and all it is at this point is a poisonous waste product that they can't do anything about and Byers basically says Mulder yeah because like her even with her gonna kill her like even if her immune system shot they were saying that even if she was perfectly healthy like this would Mm -hmm. even if this would still kill her yeah, it's there's there's no way to combat it. He said it's like a something about like this is even more than cutting edge. This is like this should be technically fifty years down the line type yeah. science. So back at the hospital, Scully gets visited by this woman named Nurse Owens, who is like you know uh, Dana. I know that like. You're, you're thinking maybe it's time to go somewhere, um, you know, but I'm here to make sure that you stay here and just nice encouraging words. Mm-hmm. And Mulder walks in and doesn't acknowledge that this nurse is even in the room, but she leaves and Mulder's standing there and a second nurse comes in and is like, okay, I got to take some of her blood. And as Mulder moves aside to let the nurse take blood, he notices a man kind of standing uh, a small distance away who is totally not conspicuous. He 
it was so not super conspicuous, just randomly standing just, there just, just outside like the curtain. Staring and then going, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, uh, a lady in, a, in the next bed starts to crash. And so the nurse runs over to take care of her and sets Scully's blood down. And, you know, Mulder gets distracted by the, the dying lady having, like, her, her event. And while his back is turned, the mysterious man steals the blood. And Mulder realizes he steals the blood, so he chases Which him down. Which is fine and dandy, I guess. But, like, even with that, you would think, like, staff would be like, um... Yeah. He's chasing... There's two men running And no one says hospital. anything. It's weird. Um, and I forgot to mention, earlier, um, after Mulder found out about this branch DNA, and before Nurse Owen, the Nurse Owens scene, I forgot to mention, there was a scene where, in his apartment, Mulder tries to get in contact with X. And this is... Uh, the first time, this is where the name X comes from. He puts the big X uh, in, ma he, he uses masking tape to make an X on his windshield, or his windshield, on his window in his apartment. And he shines a light onto it. And X is supposed to deliver him some information. But he doesn't. But then, as Mulder is chasing this blood-stealing dude, he's in the parking lot. <laughs> Which all the parking lots in X Files were are, are so dark ridiculously all the time. lit, like not lit at all, is bizarre to me. Have you ever been in a park? Like I wouldn't be in a parking yeah, garage that it's dark. Come straight out of horror movies. Like <laughs> it's just like nope, forget it. <laughs> but literally every time there's a parking garage in this series, except. Uh, no, I think even in Dwayne Barry or Ascension, there's no, Dwayne, a, I there's because there's a parking garage there's, where there's the smoking. One, yeah, Dwayne, uh, Alex, and the Smoking Man are in, are like talking. Yeah, but it's, it's dark, dark, right? <laughs> so get fucked it. up. Um, so in this dark parking garage, uh, X slams Mulder against the wall <laughs> and puts a gun in his face, and he's like, "Stop." Just stop trying to figure... Like, you're the reason that he died, meaning the guy... Uh, meaning Deep Throat. You're the reason she's gonna die. I'm not gonna die for you. Like, just yeah. stop doing what you're doing. Just let her die. I used to be you, but I don't want to be you. And, and you don't... You know, I got over it. I got over trying to to figure out the truth. And Mulder's like, I can't. Like, I just cannot let her die. Like, I owe her more than just letting her die. And so he keeps chasing the guy that stole the blood. And he catches up to him in, like, a laundry room. Uh, they get in a fight. Mulder gets knocked down. And X comes in. Saves Mulder from being shot. But then guns down the... After the saying, you want to see what like, you wanna I see? really do... <laughs> Yeah, well, he's like, basically, he's like, you want to see what you have to do to... to if you keep going down this path, this is what's uh, going to... What, what you're going to have to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he just shoots this guy right in the face. Uh, you don't see it because this is old television, not new television. It's like a shadow of him shooting this guy in the face. But um, <clears throat> the next scene is the smoking man putting a report on Skinner's desk. Who, and he's like, you know, um, <clears throat> if you can't keep Mulder in line, we have ways to, to take care of that. <laughs> and I love this. The smoking man goes to light a cigarette. This is just... A small scene such about a what a dick. bastard he is. He goes to light his... He's such a fucking asshole. He's such he a is. good villain, though, in that way. Because he's just such a... He goes to light his cigarette, and Skinner goes, ah, <laughs> ah. And he nods at a sign that says, thank you for not smoking, that he's put up because he's sick of the smoking man sitting... Smoking his... Smoking man lights his cigarette anyway takes a big drag, blows it everywhere, <laughs> stubs it out in the ashtray and leaves. I'm like, what a fucker. Um, and at that very minute, Mulder walks in and Skinner's like, look, um, according to this report, there was a shooting last night. And Mulder's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, they have like this big argument and finally Mulder's like, you know what? You know who's responsible? That guy. Your butt. He like picks man. up the ashtray. He's like, this guy, yeah. you're the cancer man. And, um, you know, they have a huge argument and Mulder leaves. Uh, well, actually first Mulder says, where is he? Like, where is he? And I'll take care of him. And Skinner puts him, he's like, Mulder, we are not the mafia. <laughs> like, Calm down. I'm not going to tell you. And so uh, the next part is, uh, oh yeah, is uh, this is a really good scene. Uh, it's Scully and she's laying on a table in a blank white room with a bright light shining down on her. And she's wearing a white gown with... Great big mom <laughs> boobs, by the way. <laughs> like, oh baby, she looks good in that gown. But anyway, Listen, I digress. We talk a lot um, about boobs and stuff like that. But remember, I spent a whole episode talking about how big David Duchovny's dick is. So you can't say we don't objectify that's true. one because over the other. <laughs> that's very true. Like, very true. Um... And this is really good. She's basically having a near-death experience. And um, she's laying there. And her dead dad, uh, William Scully, walks in in his Navy dress uniform. And I must have been in a mood this morning or whatever. Because I almost cried watching this. Because he's just like, he's sitting there. He's like, you know... When, when I was alive, I always thought there would be plenty of time to spend all this time with you. And I spent all this time, like, basically trying to pursue these other unimportant things and everything. And then the next thing I know, I'm never going to see you again. And I realized my entire life was basically just one breath. And then it was over. And, like, uh, I know that 
at some point I'll be able to see you again. But now he's basically telling her it's not your time to die. Like I spent all this time, you know, I would have given up everything in the world, all the medals I ever earned in the Navy and everything else just to spend more time with you. But it's, it's not time to spend more time with you yet. And he walks away. And so this is um, when basically uh, Mulder is sitting out in the cafeteria with Mrs. Scully and uh, or yeah, because this is like during me. when the and Melissa is they're talking about like there's nothing we can do for her because they keep going back and mm-hmm. forth about like he wants to keep pursuing to keep her alive and they're like no like uh his her sister's mm-hmm. like and the sister's like uh it's like what if we're just meddling with things we're not supposed to like we make all these machines to keep people alive when they shouldn't be shouldn't we just respect her wishes mm-hmm. yeah and so a woman comes up and she's like she says to Mulder, excuse me, do you have any change for the cigarette machine? And Mulder's like, no, sorry, I don't. And she walks back over to the cigarette machine and she says, oh, there's already some cigarettes in here. It's Morley's. It's not my brand. And she leaves the cigarettes there and leaves. And Mulder's like, Morley's, because that's the cancer And normal people would brand. just be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly and Mulder goes over and this I can't quite figure out like this seemed like a magic <laughs> trick to me because he goes over and it is a brand new pack of cigarettes it's in the cellophane and somehow Mulder knows to open the cellophane take the cellophane off open the pack of cigarettes and he finds a piece of paper in there with an address I don't know how the address got into the sealed pack of cigarettes. I don't know how Mulder knew he was supposed I'll never to open it. It's, a, it's a classic case of just Mulder knows things. Ah, uh, yep. Uh, and the next scene is the smoking man at home. And Mulder just bursts right into his apartment and holds him at gunpoint. And he's like... You know, why did you take her? Why didn't you take me? Uh, and Smoking Man says, because I like you. Uh, actually, I like you both. And that's why I gave her back to you. Uh, and Mulder's like, shut up. Like, it should be you that's going to die. And I, I'm going to take care of it. Like, this, it shouldn't be her that's dying. It should be you. And Smoking Man looks at him and goes, don't threaten me, Mulder. I've watched <laughs> presidents die. Like the smoking man is so yeah. unfazed by just having this well, gun. Well, considering right in his how face, many freaking cigarettes he has around, holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I know he smokes a lot, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you know, Mulder. I told Skinner it was you that shot that guy in the laundry room, but I didn't actually believe it. But here you are with a gun in my face. So are you going to shoot me? Because if you kill me, you're never going to know what the truth is. It will just die with me. And so Mulder decides not to shoot him. But he goes 
back to the FBI, back to his office, and types out his resignation letter. It's wicked short. It just says, Dear Assistant Director Skinner, please accept my resignation from the FBI effective immediately. And he signs it. And then the next scene is Mulder is starting to pack. And Skinner walks in and actually reveals a um, pretty important piece of information about himself. And in fact, this story will come back later on down the line. Uh, Skinner walks in and tells Mulder, you know, when, by the way, the makeup job on Mitch Pileggi was very bad. I was confused by this. I, I did not realize uh, before this, I don't know if it's because I have a bigger TV now or what, but I was like, oh, his makeup's blotchy in this scene. <laughs> It's weird. He has like a big dark spot right in the middle of his forehead. He's got, I'm like, somebody should have like come over with a blender and just done his face a little bit better. But anyway, uh, Skinner comes in and he's like, you know, Mulder, when I was 18, I signed up for the Marine Corps. I went to Vietnam and... Uh, I believed in my cause when I went over there. I thought I was doing the right thing. And then one day, this 10-year-old boy covered in grenades walks into our camp and I blew his head off from 10 yards away. And after that, I just lost my belief in everything, uh, in my country, in what we were doing there. And then one night, we were out on patrol and we got ambushed by the Viet Cong and they gunned down everybody. And the next thing I knew, I was watching myself from outside of my own body. I watched myself lay there. I watched the Viet Cong take our clothes. I watched some soldiers show up the next day and stuff me in a body bag. And then the next thing I knew, I woke up in a hospital. And I have never in my life had the courage to try and figure out what that was all about. But you have the courage to look deeper. That's what you do. Like, I don't accept your resignation. He, you know, he tears it up. And Mulder's like, oh, wait, you, that was you. You gave me the cancer man's address. Which the next question and should have been, how'd you get it in the cigarette packet? <laughs> exactly um so you know uh Mulder is getting ready to leave and X meets up with him again and he's like alright here's a ticket and Mulder's like a ticket for where and he's like just it's just take it like what's here's what's gonna happen you are supposedly going to be gone away. People are going to believe that you have information about Scully's abduction that has made you leave town. They're going to believe that you have some more information in your apartment. They're going to show up at this time tonight to search your apartment. And you're going to be there waiting for them. And you're going to kill them because there's no justice for people like this like the police the justice system will not take care of these people 
don't try to get in touch with me for like three weeks or something like that. I can't remember what he says. And so Mulder is sitting in his apartment just waiting there with his gun. And at 8.30, which is something like an hour before they're supposed to show up or whatever, somebody knocks on his door and it's Melissa. And this is what I was talking about earlier with um, uh, Melissa with Mulder's belief because um, one of the things we skipped over is finally Mrs. Scully does decide like, no, like... I have enough respect for my daughter. She had enough respect for you. Like, it's time. Like, we're going to take her off this machine. And so Melissa shows up and she's like, um, they, you know, they took her off the machine. They, they don't think she's going to make it much longer. Like, come see her. And Mueller's like, no, I can't right now. Because he's going to be sitting there to kill these people. And she's like, what he's like i don't have time for like your hippy dippy bullshit which is not Pretty exactly much. what he says but it's the gist of his he's like i just don't and she's like what why because something that is like good and positive is like just because it's good and positive it's stupid and silly like get over yourself like stop sitting here and being so cynical and you know basically tells him to stop being a grump and then she leaves, and we think Mulder goes back to... Sit in the corner with his gun. Um, sit, sit in the corner with his gun, but the very next scene is uh, he's sitting with Scully, and he's like, look, I, I don't know if you can hear me. I don't know if this helps, but, you know, you always had the power of your conviction um so like just yeah, i can't remember exactly what it was something about the power of your beliefs and somewhere in here i think it's when she gets taken off the machine scully also or i guess it was even before she saw her father but um the boat came untied from it's, the dock. It's a and weird moment. No, away. that happened afterwards, or maybe I don't know. It was such a bizarre moment because mm -hmm. you, normally that, it, like, that's a symbolism for mm -hmm. they've left, like they've moved on. But yeah, it doesn't. It comes back. So it was kind of like a yep. weird. Like I don't you know, know if they edited weird and they just kind of put it in the wrong spot. It might have been, yeah. Um, but basically, Mulder essentially comes to terms with the fact that Scully is going to die because he says his stuff to her and he goes home to his apartment and of course it's trashed. They've already been there to search his apartment in the time he took to go see Scully and he just sits on the floor That's a, that's and cries, a good Which good I think is also... Part. I was just like, oh, it's yeah. so depressing. Well, also, I think because I think it was kind of it said a lot about Mulder because throughout the whole episode when he had his uh, disagreements with Melissa and her positive stuff, it's because the only time he like really will show any kind of like he is upset in a sad way. Like they all see him be angry and mad at everybody, but the only time he's ever sad in like truly emotional 
is by himself or when he thinks that Scully probably can't hear him because he's in a coma or she's in a coma rather, excuse me. So his whole thing is like, yeah, when Melissa shows up and she's mad at him is basically like all she's seen him be is like this, this guy hell bent on revenge. And that also is kind of like, I guess that's why it's important that he gets up and goes see goes to see Scully instead of shooting the men that break into his apartment because it means he's not going to turn out yeah. like X in the end because X said earlier in the episode this is who you have to be before he shot that guy. So um Mulder is sitting in his apartment crying and he gets a phone call and this is the one i was thinking of earlier because he picks up the phone he's like yeah and he smiles and he goes to the hospital because scully's awake um and so and again Mulder can't have a moment to he's really not good at showing his real emotion around people because he walks into the hospital and he's like Hey, like I heard you were awake. I brought you a present and, and he, and he, and he pulls a video out of a bag of something about quarterback. (laughs) Like it's a football highlights video. And she's just like, oh, this is just the thing I I wanted to wake up to. This is, this is exactly what I was holding. I knew there was something worth living for. (laughs) I also like when he walks into the room and, um, uh, was it Margaret or Melissa that called him Fox when he walked in? And she goes, that's not I think it's Fox, Margaret. that's Mulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyway, but before he leaves, he does have a moment. Like he, really good, uh, really good moment, uh, especially for the actress playing Margaret because Mulder turns to leave and then he turns back around and he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out the cross necklace to give it back to her and um you know that happens and then the very last scene of the episode is scully the the nurse comes in and she says hey like could i see nurse owens like she was really good to me when i was in intensive care and i just want to say thank you and the nurse is like who she's like nurse owens the lady that like was, she you know, kept talking to me while me. i was nurse in a is... coma yeah and the nurse is like uh i've worked here for 10 years we don't have a nurse owens here and that's the end of the episode so that was one breath yeah um i mean like like you said like yeah this was definitely more character driven that it was uh with supernatural mm-hmm. sci-fi kind of stuff which mm-hmm. i i personally really liked because it's always nice to have that little break from from that kind of stuff mm-hmm. especially after the weird wonkiness that was that vampire uh like yeah. bullshit um i personally kind mm-hmm. of really liked Mulder in this and kind of like uh, again with the whole kind of crossover between belief and supernatural and then like seeing where how far was he willing to go to for revenge mm-hmm. i give this a solid a yep yep big old a for me on this one as well like it is just a moment in 
the series to stop and really examine more because this is what the series is about is the relationship between Mulder and Scully and after the the big mes- the big misstep that was the previous episode where Mulder apparently for the entire episode didn't really seem to care that Scully was missing yeah. which was bizarre and we talked about that um it was good to come back to the fact that like um this is his best friend in the entire world like she's really the only person he has left in his life that he cares about and trusts so yeah this one was an a so and after this nice good a episode i am sorry to report that next week we're gonna have to sit through kind of a clunker i just want everybody to be prepared Next week's episode is called Firewalker, and we'll talk about it next week. But the reason it's a clunker is because it is pretty much an exact copy of an episode oh, we've hooray! already seen. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll talk about Firewalker next week. Until then, later, later everybody. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.